All right, we're going to jump into our Moving with Maturity series. Again, we're in actually week seven. Next week, we're going to finish our series off. But uh, this week, I'm actually very excited about sharing what I'm going to be sharing with you because I, I like things that are... Um, guaranteed. I like things that basically when God promises these certain things, I like to celebrate those with you. And so I'm excited about sharing what we're going to be looking at this morning. But we've been kind of looking at this idea of maturing and moving towards that, moving towards becoming more and more like Jesus over the last several weeks. Our main verse has been in Hebrews 6, 1a. It's the first one. We've looked at it every week. It says, therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. And over the last several weeks, we've kind of looked at some habits and some, some disciplines that we need to have and look at as people that are growing in our faith, moving more and more to becoming more and more like Jesus. And when we are doing that, we see that growth in our life. We see the fruit come from that in our lives. And we are not a people that are stagnant, but instead we're a people of movement and a people that are growing and a people that are allowing God to really use them in a powerful way. And that's really what we want to do. This morning, what we're going to be looking at is, again, something that, that we sometimes uh, can miss in our growth. Sometimes we can kind of forget to maybe work this muscle group or to think about it because in a lot of ways you know the things in our bodies physically that we need to strengthen are sometimes the things that are the weakest areas and so sometimes God will help us in our spiritual life to remind us of those things and say hey listen you haven't worked this muscle very much recently and I want you to grow in this area and in this morning kind of the idea and the concept I want to share with you is this idea of living open-handedly living open-handedly. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And God, we thank you for this day and this time. God, we thank you for this opportunity to come and just look at these things with you. Father, we know that you are calling us to a deeper place in you. You're calling us from wherever we are at to keep on growing and to keep on moving. And God, I pray that in this area of our lives, we would also understand what you desire for us to do and to be active in this area. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this morning we're going to talk about that kind of that concept of, of living open-handedly and, and having kind of a lifestyle of generosity, a lifestyle that is basically not an individual that kind of is stingy or holds on to things, but someone that lives in such a way that their hands are open and allowing God to use them in that way. And here's the deal. I'm going to tell you this straight from the beginning. This is not necessarily a message about giving money. If you listen to this message and that's all you hear, I'm telling you, I love you, but you might as well go have some lunch. Is money involved in this? Absolutely. But I am talking about a lifestyle here of generosity, a lifestyle of living open-handed, not necessarily a specific instance or a specific thing in that lifestyle. So I want you to understand as I'm talking about this, as I'm looking at these areas, I want you to have a broader understanding of really not just what I'm trying to say, but what scripture says. Yes, we're going to look at some scripture that talk about maybe a financial types of giving. But what we're looking at, the idea of moving towards maturity in our lives is greater than just what you put in the offering or give to someone else. 
Because here's what I've learned in my life. I have met people who are great at giving money away, but they are not living their lives open-handedly. They are not living a lifestyle of generosity. And that's what we're talking about this morning. I, I, if, you, if you are great in your tithe and your offering and all those things, that's great. Don't misunderstand me. But this is a greater concept here that I think God wants us to understand and grow in. Because here's the deal. I've met people that are great giving money away, but they're horrible when it comes to giving their time away. They don't live generously with their time. They don't live generously with their words. They don't live generously with their actions. They don't live generously with their wisdom. Some of us, and this just kind of came to my mind as I was putting this message together, this, uh, this, not this morning, obviously, this week. This this morning, I was really busy this morning. And, and the word that kind of came back to me, and I just, and I, and I really have not been able to get it out of my noggin. And so this is for somebody here, maybe for multiple people. You may have been doing great in generosity in a lot of areas, but God has literally kind of put this on my mind that, that there are some of us here, maybe online or here, that you have been stingy with your wisdom. You have some wisdom that God has given you, whether through his, his word or through the Holy Spirit or through experiences in your life, and you have been stingy with those things. And God is calling you to a deeper understanding and a deeper life of open-handedness just by sharing what God has done in your life with others and the wisdom that you have. Here's the deal. Living a life of generosity and living open-handed isn't just about money. It's about talking about everything that flows from our lives. That's what we're looking at this morning. If it flows from your life, are you living open-handedly with it or are you holding on to it? Are you close-handed with those things? You say, Aaron, why is this important? Why are you talking about it? Because listen, I love you and I want good things for your life. I want you to be blessed. I want you to experience all the things that God has for you. And here is what I've learned. There are almost 7,000 promises in the Bible that are attached to generosity. I want you to experience every single one of them. That's what I want. I, I, I don't sit here and go, I, I'm being self-serving. I want you to experience the unbelievable promises that God has attached to generosity. I want you to have every single one of those things to be something that is active and moving in your life. And here's the deal, those 7,000 promises are not connected just with money. They're connected with a lifestyle of living open-handed in everything that flows from your life. If you want all 7,000, you have to have a greater understanding of what God's calling you to do as we move towards maturity and move more towards Him. Because here's the deal, if you haven't noticed, if you haven't understood this, our God is amazing at giving, he is the best giver that has ever been. You want to talk about a God who understands and lives out generosity. Let me give you an example. Think about your yesterday and the things that happened in your day. Now, maybe you did an amazing job and you didn't sin yesterday, but I got a feeling maybe once, I know you're awesome, maybe twice. I know some of you, you know, maybe 25 times, whatever it is. But you were extended grace and generosity and forgiveness yesterday. 
I have a feeling that at least as many of you as I know, I'm, I'm looking around, I think everybody, I think that whether it was in a, a home or an apartment or something like that, you all had a roof over your head last night. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. What an amazing giver our God really is. The one verse that most everybody in this world knows. John 3.16. What's it express? Many, many, many things. But it also expresses that our God gave his son. If we are going to be more like God, if we are going to grow in living a lifestyle of Jesus and open-handed, it means that we have to be willing to give. And not just in certain areas of our lives, but a holistic understanding of that and living that way. Let me give you a generosity definition that I heard once that I think is absolutely incredible and it's simple. Generosity is simply active love. It's active love. And when I think about the generosity of Jesus and God, I think that is the perfect definition. It's an active love. I remember a couple years ago now, I don't remember exactly when, we were watching in our community groups The Chosen. Remember that? And we were watching. I remember what season it was. I've lost track. But there's a scene in that, 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 that series. And basically in the scene, basically the whole episode in a lot of ways is the disciples arguing with each other. Remember that? They're arguing about silly stuff and there's going on and all this stuff. And then at the end of the, 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 the episode, Jesus, who has been literally serving and healing and ministering to people all day long, comes hobbling back to his tent. And he can barely stand up. And he goes in and he lays down. And I, I, I remember seeing that, that scene. And here's the deal. Like, like you read all the time. And Jesus ministered to the crowd. Well, And then you skip over it and you move on. And that was like one of the first times I'd ever seen shown to me. Like what that probably actually looked like for him. And I'm like goodness sakes. Jesus gave his healing power. He gave his time. He gave his words. He gave his compassion. He just gave and he gave and he gave and he gave. If we're going to be like Jesus, folks, if we're going to grow in maturity, we have got to have that type of active love in our life. Because here's the deal, and this is important. I want you to get this. You can give without love, but you can't love like Jesus without giving. It's impossible. I've seen it over and over and over again. You can give without love, but you cannot love like Jesus without giving. And for us as we are growing and us as we are trying to live our lives in an open-handed, Christ-like way, we have got to understand that. Let's look at some scripture together as we kind of unpack this a little bit more. In 2 Corinthians 9, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. And he begins to talk about this idea of generosity and sowing. And, and let's just look at it together. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to look starting with verses number 6 through 8. He says this, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. 
For God loves a cheerful giver. And look at verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound in you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Listen, I think I may have told you this before, but if you, if you have it in your Bible or on your phone, you need to underline some words in verse number eight. You need to underline all things, all times, and all that you need. Do you understand the promise that God here is giving us? He's like, listen, if you will live the lifestyle that I've called you to, if you will be a person that lives open-handedly, that God will take care of it. And I love the word abound. Not just a little bit, not just halfway. It will abound in your life so that all things and all times and all that you need will be provided so that you cannot hoard it or hold on to it or stack it up and show everybody how much you have, but so that you can be abounding in every good work. You see, the idea of living open-handed is understanding this. I want you to get this picture in your mind. And in fact, hear it a little bit. Just be prepared. I'm going to ask you to do this. So just be ready. When I talk about living open-handedly, I don't mean like this. This is not what I want you to live your life like. This is not what Scripture tells us to live our life like. Now, here's the deal. A lot of us live our life like this. God gives us something and we cling on to it. And we hold on to it. God doesn't even want us to live our lives like this, even though that's a nice picture. Ready? God wants you to live your life like this. You say, Aaron, what's the difference? Simple. When I hold my hands like this, if you poured water in it, guess where that water would stay? In my hands. What God has called us to do is to live our life like this. So when that water hits, yeah, there's going to be some that are going to sit and collect in my hand. But as God pours more and more and more and more in, it's going to pour out onto something or somebody else. You see, God isn't just generous to you so that you can hold on to it and hoard it. He's given all that you need and all the things and all those things so that you will abound in helping pour it out in other people's lives. And here's what I've heard. Here's the lie. Are you ready for the lie? I'll give more my time or my money or my, my, my wisdom or my words or my actions when I actually have more to give. No, you won't. I'm just going to be honest. No, you won't. Maybe you will a little bit, but you probably won't. You say, Aaron, well, that, of course I will. I would be much more, if, if I won the lottery tomorrow, I would be much more generous. I don't know if you would. You know Why? Because this, this understanding isn't about how much is in your wallet. It's about what's in your heart. I have learned and seen people that are the most generous people I have ever seen. And guess what? They're financially the poorest. You go, how is that possible? It's simple. They understand. God has changed their heart when it comes to generosity. And so we think, oh, that's our excuse. That's the lie. Oh, if I had more time, I'd give it. If I had more wisdom, I'd give it. Listen, start wherever you're at right now. Now, I'm not saying, listen, you can make an extra hour and come out of the day. But here's what I, I do know. You can give more. Just give what you have. 
Give what you have when you have it and allow that to happen. Because here's the deal. It starts with being generous with what you have because generosity is not tied to your resources. It's tied to your heart. It's not tied to what you have now in your hands. Why? Because when you live like this, you're going to get more and more poured in by God. Here's the deal you need to understand. We're talking about this maybe in a little bit as well. When I live my life like this, I have a problem. My problem is God can pour and pour and pour and pour and pour, but I can't grasp any of it because my hands are closed. Yes, I'm holding on to what he's given me, but at the same time, I can't get any more. I can't get any more. We want God to bless us, not so that we can hold it, but so that we can share it. So that we can be a people that is living our lives in an open-handed way. Now let's continue. He continues on here. Verse number 10. Listen to what, how Paul kind of breaks this down and we, so we can understand this. He says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Now, now here's the deal. Or enriched, I'm sorry, enriched. Here's the deal. What, what is Paul trying to communicate here? Uh, Helmet, if you could leave this scripture up here. So let's look at this together, okay? Because we're going to break it down. Um, even in your notes, I'm going to break it down. But let's see what he's saying here. It says, now he who supplies the seed to the sower and the bread for food. Now, who's the he here? It's God. God's the one. Listen, you don't make seeds grow. You don't, you don't, you, you know, if you go to the store and buy an apple and you say, I'm going to take this seed and I'm going to plant a tree. Great. You didn't make the apple. You didn't make the seed. God did. So Paul starts it from there. He says, listen, the people, you don't have anything that God hasn't already given you. He says, the God who supplies those things, he, not only will he supply the seed, not only will he supply the bread, he will supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So here's the deal. In verse 10, what have you done? God does all that. God gives the seed. God increases the store of seed. God enlarges the harvest. This is God's work in you. This is what God is doing. But now look at verse 11. You will be enriched in every way. That continues on with this idea of what's happening in verse number 10. But look, he says, he says so that you can be generous. So in verse 10 and the first part of verse 11, we see all the things that God is doing. He's giving the seed. He's producing the harvest. He's doing all these things. Now what's our job? You are doing, he's doing all those things. Again, not so you can hoard it or hide it or bury it or keep it to yourself. He's given it so that you can be generous. Listen, it doesn't say so you can be generous just on Sunday when they pass the plate. Every occasion every occasion and through your generosity 
the result will be thanksgiving to God. Let me break it down. I put it in your notes so you could have it, so you could see it. It says, as we live open-handed, God will put seeds in our hands so that we can sow it. The seed will produce a harvest of righteousness and it will result in an enriched life in faith so that other people can give thanksgiving to God. That's amazing. Like, like, seriously, God could have looked at you and me and said, listen, you're going to have to provide your own seed, you're going to have to provide your own bread, and then you're going to have to give it. God says, no, listen, I'll provide it all. I'll provide it all. You just hold your hands like this. And when it comes in, and that's what's great about God, like, like our hands aren't like this, is it? Our hands, it doesn't hit our hands and then immediately. Like, he, he enriches our lives too. Listen, I don't know about you, and, and listen, if you only do this around this time of year, you are missing it. I'm serious. There is something amazing, we're going to see in a minute, there's something amazing about living a life of generosity to people. It, it, it ministers to everybody that, you, that you're generous with. But I'll tell you what, you know, it makes an impact in our lives too. And God doesn't just say, here, just pour it all. I mean, th- there's a little bit of collection that goes on as he pours it in. And it can change our lives. And I want that for you. I want that for me. I want these promises that God has. To conclude this morning, we're going to look at some some ideas that that kind of go along with that. But I believe that out of the 7,000, because that would take a long, long time. This morning, we're going to look at five promises. Everybody says hallelujah. Five promises that are attached to an open-handed life. Five promises, five things that we see that come forth from living that type of way in our lives. Number one, living living open-handed is the antidote for greed. It's the antidote for greed. Now, here's the deal. I've I've tried not to be mean this morning, you know. When I've told you, you know, know, if you got more money, you probably wouldn't give it. That may have been a little rude. I'm sorry, but that's really what I believe. But here's another thing I believe. Please don't throw things at me. You're greedy. You're, you're greedy. And just so you know, I am too. Oh, no, I am not. Yeah, you are. Here's what I've learned. Every person I've ever met is greedy. What is different is what you're greedy about. Greed is something that every person deals with. The question is not necessarily are you greedy. It's what do you struggle with when it comes to greed? What things in your life are you greedy? Because we're greedy about different things at different times. And here's the deal. Some of these things we want to be greedy about are not bad things. But we still grab a hold of them. They still are areas in our lives that we live close-handed with. But yet at that understanding, like there is an antidote to that in our lives. There is a way that we can deal with those areas in our life. Look at 1 Timothy 6. In 1 Timothy 6 through 7, Paul again is writing to this, this young pastor in, 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 in Ephesus, and he's writing Timothy, and he says this He says, Command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, check this out, which is so uncertain, but put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything. And look what Paul puts here for our enjoyment. Love that. 
our enjoyment. Now look at verse, verse 18. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. And look at the end of verse 19. So that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Isn't that interesting? Like Paul is telling Timothy to encourage these people. Listen, if you want to live a life that is really what God has for you, that is truly life, be a person that lives open-handedly. Live that way. Live in a way that says greed is not what controls me, but generosity is what it does. Listen, greed will grip your heart, but generosity will free it. It will grip it. It will hold it. It will bind you up in so many different ways, but generosity will free it. So here's what I'm trying to say is, listen, if you have a hard time, if you're greedy with your time, then you need to start being generous with your time. If you're being greedy with your wisdom or your kind words or your uh, attention, hey, how about that one? Your attention, you need to start being generous in those areas. It is the antidote to it. It is what will free your heart from those things. Number two, living open-handed brings joy into your life. Brings joy into your life. Look at Acts 20. Acts 20, 35, the second part, this is what Paul says. He says, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It really is. Like, it really truly is. Like, you know, like, when you do something, and again, like, like again, we, we, we typically, because we're Americans in the Western world, we think about, like, giving stuff. But have you seen somebody, like, when you, when you sit down, with them. And you don't do this. I don't have my phone on me because, you know, I, I'm, I'm up here. But, you know, like, like, you ever have this situation? You sit down with somebody, maybe at a meal or, or whatever, and what do they do? They take their phone out and they put it on the table. How many of you do that? Don't raise your hands. I know all of you do. Unless you have a purse. But that's what we do. Well, I got to get it in my back pocket, you know. You know what you've just communicated? I'm here until that little thing on the table rings or buzzes or moves or, or, or blinks. How do you know? Simple. <laughs> when it buzzes or rings or blinks, you pick it up and you look at it. Or now, oh, isn't this great? Now you don't even have to pick up your phone because now it comes to your watch. I'm just checking the time and texting someone. You ever sat down with somebody? And I know this is weird. Don't do this because it's maybe weird. You know, you like, but, but physically, not physically, but, but just mentally, you've taken your watch off. You've taken your phone and you've put it away. Maybe you've done something absolutely crazy. You've turned the silly thing off. And you said, I'm here right now. Right now, my focus is you. Listen, I'm not great at that. I'm serious, but I've done it a couple times. And you, you would have thought that the person I was talking to hadn't had a drink of water in five years. And basically, I just gave them a 10-gallon bucket full. It's like they're literally like, like, you're really going to focus on me right now? Yes, I am. 
And that brings them so much joy. It brings me so much joy. When you give and you live a life of open-handedness, there is a joy that comes because why? Simple, we're acting like our Father. We're becoming more and more like Jesus. And in Him, there is fullness of joy. But let's continue. Look, look we just, we already read it, but we're going to look at it again. 2 Corinthians 9, 7b. It says, God loves a cheerful giver. Now, I know I've talked about this before, but maybe you weren't here and you need to know this. You know that word cheerful in the Greek actually means something a little bit different than even we understand it to be. Like we get cheerful. Oh, I get it. Yeah, blah, blah. But actually, when you look at the word, listen, it's in your notes. The ancient Greek word for cheer, cheerful is hilaros. And it is used only here in the New Testament. This is the only place that it's used. Only place in all of Paul's letters and all the Gospels that it's used. It's the root word for our English word, hilarious. God loves a hilarious giver. Now, I don't know what you think of when you think of hilarious. But I know my son uses that word quite a bit with his jokes. Oh, Dad, you got to hear this joke. It's hilarious. And here's what I've learned about the word hilarious. Like hilarious is a joyful word that not only is expressed in the teller, but the receiver. I think what Paul wants us to understand here is God loves somebody who experiences the joy of giving. That it is hilarious to them. It is the greatest thing ever. Like if I told you, listen, I got a joke for you and it's okay. You go, oh, yeah, let me hear. No, if I say, I got a joke, and it is hilarious. You're ready. Maybe it isn't, maybe it is, who knows. But there is a joy that comes with it. Number three, number three, living open-handed comes with the best protection plan. Look at this with me, the best protection plan. Psalms 112, verses five through six, it says, and all goes well. For the generous man who conducts his business fairly. But look at verse 6. Such a man will not be overthrown by evil circumstances. Listen, God's constant care of him will make a deep impression on all who see it. You know, a lot of times why we don't live open-handedly is we are afraid we won't have enough. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough wisdom. I don't have enough kind words. I don't have enough focus. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. The greatest protection plan in Scripture that we see that God promises is, listen, it doesn't matter if you will live that way. I love that word. God's constant care. Constant care. Like not, all right, I'll check on you in about five years. Constant. He's aware. He knows. It is a great protection plan. So listen, if you are concerned about not having these type, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. When you become a person that lives that way, it is literally the best insurance plan you can have. Many of us, whether we want to or have to, we have insurance on certain items that we own. 
and we say, okay, I have this because if the car gets into a wreck, I can get a new one. If the house burns down, I can help me get a new one. These are insurance plans. They're really protection plans. But God here is giving us the best one. He's basically saying, if you will live a life that is open-handed, if you will be generous with what I have flown into your life to flow it into others, my constant care will be there. I like that. I want that for me. I want that for you. Number four, living open-handed guarantees God's blessing. Guarantees. Listen, I use that word on purpose. It guarantees it. It's not maybe. It's not, well, God feels like it. It is a promise. Look, Proverbs 22.9. You ready for a simple verse? The generous will themselves be blessed. For they share their food with the poor. They will be blessed. I don't have to spend a lot of time on this one. This is easy. It's a guarantee. When you live this way, God says, I'm providing it. If you kind of let it go and let it move in that direction, I will bless you. I will fulfill you. I will take care of every single need you have. Look at Deuteronomy 15.10. It says, give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. You can give with a grudging heart. You can give out of, out of feeling that you have to. When God says, listen, not only does he say it in the Old Testament not to give that way, but he says it in the New Testament. He says, then because of this, because of this, the Lord, your God, will bless you in all you were, all your work, and in everything you put your hand to. Okay, listen to me. Hear me here. I want that for you. I want our lives, listen, I want our lives to be a life that God blesses in every aspect. Everything you put your hand to. Now, what does that mean? We're going to be honest. If you are seeing areas in your life that aren't being blessed, are not working out, are not putting your things you're putting your hand to, that aren't seeing these things, I would ask your, a simple question. Where in those areas are you not living a life that's open-handed? It's God's promise. He says, you do this, I'll do this. Every area. Now listen, let me, let me explain this to you. That doesn't mean that it'll happen the way you think it will. God's blessing can also be no, by the way. But in our lives, we will see in every area God's fulfillment, God's blessing, God's working those areas out. I want that for us. I want that for you. It guarantees it. Number five, last one. Living open-handed enlarges your influence. A couple weeks ago, we talked about influence and, and how a, a growing person and moving towards maturity has more and more influence. And we talked about that concept of how I want to be an influencer for God. One way that we can do that, one way that it enlarges that is through living open-handedly. Look at Psalms 112, verse number 9. It says, they shall freely... They, they, they share freely and give generously 
to those in need. And then listen, their good deeds, check this out. Their good deeds will be remembered as long as that person is alive. Their good deeds will be remembered for as long as that person remembers. Their good deeds will be recorded in the history of this great country, and children will study it for the next 200 years until the United States is no more. That's not what it says. Forever. You know what I know about forever? I'm glad you're seated because this is deep. It's forever. When you live your life in an open-handed way, when you share your wisdom or you share your time or you share a kind word with someone who desperately needs it and you're not stingy with those things, Scripture says that those good deeds are going to be remembered forever. Forever. All eternity. They will have influence and honor. Influence and honor. Listen, for some of you, and I, I just, you need to understand this, okay? You have been praying, and that's awesome. Please don't stop. And, and, and we talked about this, you know, also in this series. For people that need to know Jesus, how do I influence them to know Christ? How do I, how do, I do that? You know, one great way to do that is to be like Jesus. How is a great way to be like Jesus? Give like Jesus. Give like him. And what we see is that will increase your influence and your honor. As we close, I told you we're going to, to look at this together. I want you to do me a favor. I know some of you have Bibles on your laps and that's great, or your phones. I want you to put all those things down because I need you to take, I need your, you're going to need your hands, okay? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your hands and I want you to ball them up into a fist, okay? Like this. I don't usually do this, but I'm, I'm reverting back to youth pastor days, so get, just go with it, okay? I want you to take your fist, and I want you to do me a favor. I want you as, as comfortably but as firmly as you can to squeeze your fists together as tightly as you can. Hold them. Now, here's what I've learned. A lot of you can hold your fists here for a long time. But some of you right now, if you're squeezing like I've asked you to squeeze, you're already beginning to feel some pressure. And in fact, if we kept this up, and we won't, don't worry, you would also begin to feel some pain. You see, I truly believe that for some of us in our lives, there are certain areas, maybe not every area, but there are certain areas in our life whether it be our time or our words or our wisdom or our focus or our money, whatever it is, and whatever that is, we have decided that God has given it, and as soon as it hit our hands, we squeezed it as hard as we could. And we're sitting there, we're going, I can't let it go. I need this. It, God, I, it really what we're saying is, God, I don't trust you to give me more of what I need. And we hold it, and we hold it, and we hold it. And here's the deal. I've had you hold this for maybe a couple minutes, if that. And I don't know about your hands, but my hands right now are starting to get a little sore. They're starting to get a little painful. And here's what I deal with when I start getting painful or, or things like that. Man, I don't act like Jesus anymore. I get frustrated. I get angry. 
I get a life that is not what Christ wants me to do. And for some of us, our hands have been grabbed a hold of things so tightly that it has affected every other area of our lives. Why? Because God didn't create you to live this way. Jesus showed us that this was not the way to live. Now I want you to release your hands. How'd that feel? Felt kind of good, didn't it? I don't know, maybe I'm up here, I'm getting excited, but my hand, I'm like, oh, I need to hurry up because it's starting to hurt. Now I want you to do this. I want you to take your hands, I want you to hold them like this. Okay, maybe kind of tilt it a little bit. How's that feel? I mean, now maybe your arms will get tired holding them there, but how do your hands feel? Now maybe they're still a little sore from what I asked you to do, but you know, mine feel okay. I can move them. I'm, I'm, I'm ready, check this out. I'm ready to receive of God. I'm ready to allow things to come more into my life. Because here's the deal. I'm not going to have you do it again. But if we closed our fists like this and I dumped water over your hands, you wouldn't collect a single drop hardly. But if you open them and you let God pour in, things can change. Things can happen. Listen, I've talked about this actually several years ago, but I just, I had to bring it up again. We must live as conduits of what God has placed in our hands, not containers. Do you understand what a conduit is? A conduit is basically, think of it this way, a conduit is a garden hose, okay? You ever taken a garden hose out and you, you know, you, you take it, and I, I've done this quite a bit, like I'll turn it on and then I'll kink it. You kink your garden hose, and when you kink the garden hose, what comes out of the conduit at the end? Very little. Now maybe you get a drop here or there, but very little. You see, that's being a container of what God has placed. You see, I love that God is a lot like my faucet back home. Like I can, that, that water, you turn it up, and man, that, that stuff can come out. But listen, if I hold that garden hose kinked, very little is going to come out of the conduit. And instead of it being a conduit, that hose has now become a container of the water. But when I huh, release it, when I, because listen, how do I kink a hose? Picture a hose. That's how I kink it. I close my hands. How do I let it become a conduit? I release it. I live open-handed. And when I do that, the water begins to flow. And it doesn't flow because of the conduit. It flows because it's attached to the spigot. You see, some of us think we are supposed to be the spigot and the hose. We've seen over and over and over again in Scripture that God has said, listen, you let me be the spigot. You just be the host. You be the delivery method of what I'm pouring in your life and in the lives of others. For some of us, we have lived a lot of our lives like a container. We've filled them up. We've put the lid on. We've set them on the shelf. And for some of us, we even invite people over to our house and we show them all our containers. Look at God's blessing. When God says, no, I'm giving 
so that you can be like me and live a life that's open-handed. So as we close this morning, listen, when we talk about something this, this kind of broad as far as these areas, like, like it's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, as we move into a time of kind of reflection and allowing the Holy Spirit to really speak to our hearts, there's just so much here, okay? There's so much that, you know, well, maybe, maybe you're good in this area, but not in this area. And everybody's a little bit different. But as I spoke about before we started service, as we were getting started with service, our God is individual. Our God knows areas in our lives where we need to kind of maybe flex that generosity muscle a little bit more than we have. And maybe you're a great giver of, of your time. Maybe you're awesome at that, but, but you're not good at maybe giving your focus. And God wants you to focus in on that or whatever it might be. So to kind of help us in this and to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us individually, I'm just going to simply ask you all a very simple question that we all need to ask ourselves and ask it probably more, more than we do today. And it's this, how can you this week, this week, be more generous with your words, your gifts, your thoughts towards others, your time, your strengths, your resources, attention, actions, wisdom, and encouragement. And listen, I could have kept going, but I was like, this is getting old, and Linda's not going to be able to fit it on the piece of paper. What areas of your life have you been living like this? What areas of your life have you lived a life that was closed? Where God says, you know what? It's time to open your hands. It's time to allow what I'm pouring into your life to also flow out into your home and into your family and into your own life and into others and your work. Just everybody your life touches. Here's what I've learned. We don't have this here. Back in Albuquerque, we had a, a little different type of a setup than we do for our baptismal. If you don't know, our baptismal tank is right in there. Back in Albuquerque, we had a tank that was off to the side, but in the wall was actually a, a, a spigot. And I thought about doing this. I didn't because I wanted to keep my job. But I thought, how great would it be one Sunday or one Friday night, because that's when we met with the youth, to take them in there, have connected a hose to, this is, this is when I was young and dumb, now I'm just old and dumb, but, and, and, and put a hose to it and took the hose out and just sprayed down the entire congregation. You know, I figured like I could come up with some type of spiritual, you know, connection to that, you know? Like, oh, it's the Holy Spirit, it's baptism, whatever, I could, I, you know, but anyway, it would be fun to get everybody wet. I thought about that. But you know, when you live a life like that, that's open-handed, and you have connected to the spigot, like God's not calling us to be sprinklers. <laughs> He's called us to be drenchers. Why do I know that? How can I know that? Simple, because our lives and my life, as God has been generous to you and to me, has not been a sprinkle of generosity and giving. It has been a torrent and when we are like Jesus, when we are growing and becoming more and more like him, I tr trust me on this, God is going to use you, not to 
sprinkle people with, with these things, but to literally open up a fire hose and drench them with his generosity and his love and his grace and his mercy and his goodness. I want to be that type of conduit for him because he has been that good to me. Let's close our eyes. Let's focus. You see, a lot of times what I have learned in my own life, I will just speak for me, is you know when I'm the most open-handed? When I can answer the question I just posed to you? It's when I truly realize how much God has given to me. I mean, maybe I should have flipped things around and done this one next week for Thanksgiving and the meal, but you know what? It's, it's close enough. We have so much to be thankful for. Our God has given us everything we need. Obviously, it starts with Jesus. But listen, if you were honest and I gave you a piece of paper, I said, just start writing down all the blessings. I'll, I'll be honest with you. If, if you didn't fill up the front and the back, you weren't thinking hard enough. And when we understand what God has done, you see, one of the ideas of moving towards maturity is, is, is having a deeper understanding of what God has truly done for you and me. And I have found in my own life, when I can get to that place, it's easy to live open-handedly because my God has been so open-handed with me. In our world, not surprisingly, has become more and more closed-fisted people. They got to take care of themselves. We got to take care of them, number one. If there's anything left over, yeah, maybe, you know, I think I'll keep it, just in case. But for us, for followers of Jesus, our lives need to be lived in an open-handed fashion for many, many reasons. But one, it is such a stark contrast to people that aren't. And we're called to be like Jesus, not like this world. So whatever way God is speaking to your heart, Will you this week begin to live open-handedly? No matter what it is. I don't, I don't know what it is. God knows what it is, and you know what it is. But I promise you, there's something. There is an area where God's saying, you know, you're closing down on that. Let's open it up. And let's allow our lives to be lives that reflect the generous nature of our God to everyone we come in contact with. So God, we come to you and God, in any time 
we look at areas in our lives where it's basically we need to become more like you, which is pretty much in every area, I've learned that we need your help to do so. You see, our, our inclination is to be greedy. Our inclination is to hold it to ourselves. Our inclination is to, it's mine and not yours. But God, that's not your nature. And you have called us to follow you, which in a lot of ways, as we understand the context of those statements, means to be just like you. And God, you are the most generous that has ever been. You give and you give and you give and you give. And your creation gives and it gives and it gives. And the only people, the only created things that don't give well are us. But God, you can transform our lives. And you can make us more and more like you. So God, whatever area we need help in, I'm praying a simple prayer for me and for all of us. Make us more like you. As we are growing towards maturity and moving towards maturity, what we're moving really towards is becoming less of us and more of you. And in this area that, quite honestly, a lot of us, if not all of us, struggle with in some way or shape or form, transform us. Help us to grow so that when people see us, they see you and celebrate with thanksgiving. You're so good and we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Awesome, thank you, Lord. Now listen, as you noticed in our announcement time, there's a lot going on. So make sure that you check the foyer. If you're gonna get something to help cook, you talk to Linda, all those things, ladies, the Bible study, the, the cookie, making and creating and learning and all the things I messed up on. I mean, all the stuff. Please make sure you know what's going on because we'd love to have you a part. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.